0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Model 3 gets a track package upgrade that includes more than just new wheels. Older Model S's and X's are finally able to upgrade to the MCU2 center screen. Model Y has a couple of new interior features that the Model 3 currently doesn't and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Daisy the Boxer Puppy, snuggled up next to me on the couch. This is episode 240 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for March 8th, 2020, and yet another fun week of Tesla news is upon us, and so are Model Y deliveries. They appear to be on track for one week from now, starting on March 15th, the earliest- confirmed delivery day, or at least the earliest, the people that are furthest along in the process have vehicle identification numbers now. So that means things are very, very close. And I wanted to add, if you happen to be in the Bay Area and are taking delivery of a Model Y very soon, uh, like for instance, this month, and you might be willing to show it to me, Uh, And maybe even let me interview you for the podcast about how how you're feeling about the car, what you're thinking of it after your first week or so with it. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to meet up. You can email me anytime. My email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And with that, let me get to the week's Tesla news, because as usual, there's plenty of fun stuff to talk about. And fun is the key word with this first story. The Performance Model 3 is getting a track package. It is available now in the Tesla online shop. Uh, Also, it's also getting an, uh, an upgraded to the track mode software. I'll talk about that in a minute. But first, the track package, if you go to the Tesla online store, And find it, you will see that it reads as follows, optimize the track performance of your performance upgrade Model 3. Track package is a complete hardware package designed to give you maximum cornering force, braking performance, and high speed stability for the best lap times. This upgrade includes track-focused brake fluid, high-performance brake pads, and 20-inch 0G performance wheels to maximize your overall track experience. Note that high-performance wheels and tires may affect your range. And by may, they mean absolutely 100% will. (laughs) Trust me, I am a 20-inch (laughs) wheel-owning Model 3 owner. Yes, those, those brakes... Excuse me, the wheels will affect your your range. And the, the tires that come with this, which I'll talk about in a minute, probably uh, could, could do so as well, because they're real, real sticky. They're, they're track tires. Anyway, uh, the online store note closes out with an asterisk that denotes, this package is only compatible with Model 3 Performance, dual-motor, all-wheel drive, with the Performance upgrade. So if you're one of the folks out there with a what we refer to in the community as a Stealth, Model 3 performance, meaning you've got the guts, the the motor, but not the brakes or the lowered suspension, you are not eligible for this track package, at least at this time. You're probably wondering, okay, it's it's wheels, it's tires, it's brake pads, and it's brake fluid, how much is it? The whole kit is $5,500 installed at your choice of service centers. And I got to say, I think it's neat to see Tesla really starting to lean into the track side of things with their cars. I mean, Teslas have been the kings of the drag strip for quite some time. I've done a, a drag strip once so far. I want to do it again. I had an amazing time. You know, that, you don't really need, I think, any, any particular training or, or any superior driving skill. You just got to be able to grab the wheel, hold the car straight. And in a Tesla, just slam the accelerator when the when the lights go green and go as fast as you can down that track. I mean, I did a 10.8 or 10.9 second run, uh, and I think I got up to, I want to say, like I don't have my slip handy, but maybe I want to say 115 or so miles an hour, and boy, it was a thrill. That was really fun. And I would love to do the track, like a proper track someday. But I'll admit I've said this before I am afraid to until I get some proper lessons I want to go take the time and I know there's an, an expense as well and that's another matter is you know trying to budget for something like that but uh, you know I want to go get actual lessons at a track because <laughs> quite frankly my model 3 is the most expensive thing that I own and I really don't want to break it or damage it. <laughs> by uh, doing some novice, inexperienced, dumb move on a track at high speed. But anyway, uh, so yeah, $5,500 for the whole kit. And as I said, I think it's great to see Tesla starting to lean in, you know, not just drag strip, not just straight line quarter mile stuff, but actual track performance. And you know, this kit, it seems like a, a reasonably serious kit. A, I would say a hardcore kit would probably also include some suspension modifications such as you know new springs or shocks or what have you but it's a pretty serious kit it's you know it's a, it's a good uh, amount of stuff to to get you what you need if you want to take the, the car to the track and have some fun and throw it around the track as for those tires they are slightly wider they're 9 inches wide Versus the stock tires uh, on the P3D at 8.5 inches, and I'll tell you, I have I have zero doubt, zero here, that Tesla is going to take a lot of notes and data from this, from themselves and from maybe from owners as well, and uh, they're going to apply that data, they're going to apply that knowledge to the Plaid Model S later this year as that car gets ready, and then I think they'll take all the data from that car so just cumulatively all of this track mode all this track data and apply that to the roadster next year because that's the thing with tesla they are always learning always 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 learning they move so quickly they're so nimble that's one of the great things that's always been fun to follow about tesla is they do move so fast that the pace of innovation is just Especially relative to other car companies, the pace of innovation is just lightning quick. Tesla's never been limited to having to wait for new model years. They just roll new changes in, and they just keep moving forward, and I love it. So what's also interesting to me about this is that these wheels, which are called the zero-G wheels, just as the uh, my 20-inch wheels now are referred to as sport wheels and then you've got the aero wheels, the Gemini wheels, etc. So the Zero-G wheels, though, it's these are the ones that I told you about uh, maybe a month or so back, and they were seemingly the referral program wheels. They might still be, but now it's not so sure. I've actually reached out to Tesla to try and get any any update or confirmation on that, and I haven't heard back as of the recording of this podcast, but I think the the odds are that it is going to be the same wheel because to me it would seem odd that Tesla would create another wheel just for the referral program prize, particularly when that referral program prize specifically referred to the wheels that you'd be winning as forged performance wheels, which these happen to fit the bill for. So while I highly doubt the referral wheels are the entire track package, I don't think I don't think we're going to be getting the whole kit and caboodle. It might just be the wheels. And then presumably probably not these tires because they are track tires. They're Michelin sport cup twos, which are no joke. And then on (laughs) no joke on the track. But then uh, if you were to daily drive them, they might maybe might last you 5,000 miles. So we'll see if these wheels are going to be the referral program wheels what tires they have on them, because I kind of doubt it will be the Sport Cup 2s. But anyway, uh, if you're interested in this, you can order it now on shop.tesla.com, but Tesla estimates deliveries of the track package to begin next month in April. So pairing that with uh, something that, every performance model three owner will get not just the p3d plus folks but the stealth p3d owners as well and it is for free and it is rolling out now in version 2020.4.1 i just got it a little while ago before i sat down to record the show is track mode 2.0 so tesla has revamped track mode to give a much deeper level of control to the driver earlier this week before the software update rolled out, Tesla uh, took some some influencers, some community folks out to a track to, to give them a sneak peek and let them film some stuff and play around with it. So I wanted to play you a clip from the YouTube channel Everything Apple Pro as they got to take it out for an early test drive. So here is uh, the specific thoughts with regard to Track Mode 2.0.
1: With Track Mode 2, you now have the customization to change not only a preset, so you can add different presets for different locations, put that in, and now you can actually change the balance of the all-wheel drive system. You can go fully to the rear, fully to the front, and we've been driving it and drifting it in the full rear orientation. On my R8, it is something something similar, but not full time. So this is really, really cool. Also with stability assistant, this actually helps you with the learning curve when it comes to drifting this car and tracking it. Usually in standard orientation, you're getting some stability assist uh, with the track mode one and a 50-50 balance, but now you can go further, push the car more, and adjust the regen. This one we didn't really mess with much, 100% is, Pretty natural feeling to me. Now cooling does change on this as well, so actually you can enable post-drive cooling now. There's a compressor overclock which actually sends the uh, cooling system into overdrive and there's two separate cooling systems, one from the radiators in the front, one from the AC system, and this utilizes all of them to stabilize all the temperatures on the battery pack. It's, It's really wild, the amount of software engineering they've put into this to make it work. And of course you can track and record your lap times. And actually there's a setting in the map that you can actually drop a pin. It'll go ahead and start a timer for you just like that.
0: If you'd like to see the rest of the video where they're just doing donuts, throwing the model three with the zero G wheels all over a track, doing a bunch of drifting, you can look up everything Apple pro on YouTube to watch the entire video. And as I mentioned a moment ago, it's version 2020.4.1 for the track mode software, the track mode 2.0, if you uh, would like to check that out. And real quick, the release notes on this, if you're curious, track mode has been improved to make it easier to monitor the status of your car, create custom track mode settings profiles and record your track day data. Monitor the status of your car motors, battery, brakes, and tires, allowing you to adjust your driving in real time. G-meter, a real time accelerometer, can now be viewed in the cards area of the touchscreen. The map now displays a lap timer, follow the on screen instructions to place a start finish pin on the map. At the completion of each lap, the lap timer displays the duration of the lap. It also displays the times associated with the previous and best laps in the driving session and it allows you to save up to 20 track mode profiles to suit your preferences or driving scenarios or customize for a specific track. So great stuff there on the new track mode. The Tesla engineers have not sat idly by after releasing track mode to model three. So what last year, I guess that would have been so good stuff all around right there. Speaking of good stuff, it doesn't get much better than this for uh, owners of, I won't say old, but older, you know, semi, <laughs> less than brand new. Let's say, uh, Model S's and Model X. The MCU one to MCU two upgrade is finally a reality. And if you're not familiar, that is the media control unit, the infotainment screen, your dashboard center screen. It is your, you know, the the heart of your interior in the car that can now finally be upgraded for the older S's and X's. After many, many tweets to Elon over the months, and in fact, many tweets by Elon about this, saying yes, they were gonna do it. Uh, I feel like this probably goes back a year, maybe even two at this point, but the big upgrade is here. Here's the description via Tesla. Upgrade your infotainment system to access new features as well as a more advanced and smoother user experience. Owners of Model S and X built March 2018 or earlier will be eligible to purchase an infotainment upgrade enabling access to some of our favorite features like video streaming and an expanded Tesla Arcade in addition to a more responsive and faster touchscreen experience. Eligible owners will be invited by email to schedule an appointment to purchase and install the infotainment upgrade through Tesla service. This upgrade is available for $2,500 plus applicable tax, including installation. You won't be able to purchase the upgrade before we notify you that your car is eligible. Owners with a full self-driving capability will receive early access to the infotainment upgrade and a complimentary upgrade to the full self-driving computer during their appointment. So if you're wondering, well, wait a second, what's, what do you mean wh- March 2018? That is simply, if, if your car was built... Uh, after that, April 2018 or onwards, you should have the newer MCU already, and thus you don't need to purchase this upgrade. Uh, but yes, to, and then the other part of this that you might be wondering about, you might have your ear might have perked up at the word complimentary there. So to clarify that last part, if you're caught in that sort of Tesla no-man's land of having a hardware 2.0 autopilot vehicle with an MCU 1 display... You do not get the upgrade for free as part of the full self-driving computer upgrade you've already paid for, despite the uh, sort of strange use of the word complimentary there. I did confirm that. What they're referring to is basically this. They'll do your MCU two upgrade and your hardware three upgrade at the same time, which will save you a second service center visit. And of course it will save Tesla a bunch of labor hours as well, cumulatively speaking. That aside, note that there is one fairly substantial trade-off here, which, well, I think it'll be fairly substantial for some of you and completely not matter to, to others. You will no longer have access to AM, FM, or Sirius XM radio in the mcu2 if you choose to do the upgrade it will all be streaming audio instead so i guess that means the satellite radio antenna and, and for that matter the am and fm those antennas must have lived inside the mcu assembly i i guess i don't quite understand uh, why that would be taken away uh, if if it's not that reason but in any case uh, in my humble opinion I think the pluses really outweigh the minuses on this one because you'll get Sentry Mode and the dash cam. You'll get all the video games. You'll get all the entertainment apps like Netflix. I think you're you're getting a lot for your money here. Now, this is not cheap. I understand that. $2,500 is a lot of money, but... When I, th- when I think about this though, again, 10,000 foot view, you guys know me. I like to kind of pull it back and take a little, little extra context. I think about how it's amazing that my cousin Pat in Arizona, who, if you're a long time listener, you know, I, I talk about my cousin Pat from time to time. He has an early 2013, a February, 2013 build Model S. He was on the waiting list before the car came out and has a you know, pretty early production Model S. His car doesn't even have parking sensors. That's how early his Model S is. His VIN is in the 4000s. So anyway, I say that to illustrate this point. Now, my cousin Pat has told me repeatedly, because he, he said he loves the X. He's a taller guy. The X would be easier for him to get in and out of. But I said, well, are you going to trade in your S? And he says, no, I'm, I'm keeping this car forever. I love this car. And he loves the blue paint too. That it's he's got the dark metallic blue, the original blue, uh, that you can't get anymore. The blue that's that's so dark that in in less than sunny conditions, it almost looks black. But he loves it, and it's definitely a, a you don't see it around too much anymore. But anyway, so he wants to keep his s forever. And the fact is, how cool is it that if he decides to spend the twenty five hundred dollars, he can get a really genuinely meaningful usability upgrade for his 2013 vehicle in 2020, seven years on. I mean, not to get too Tesla fanboy-y about this, but, I mean, I am a Tesla fanboy, I admit that all the time, but seriously, I don't think you'd find many, if any, other car companies that would do an upgrade this substantial to a seven-year-old car in the fleet, or even for some of you out there, an eight-year-old car on the fleet. If you've got, uh, if I've got any 2012 Model S owners out there, I mean, heck, you combine that with uh, another upgrade that the earlier S's and X's can do. That's actually been available for a few years now. If you're not aware of this, maybe you know. I'm happy to help. Uh, maybe turn you on to something that you might be interested in. There's the LTE upgrade. If you've got an older S or X that has a 3G chip in it and and your car is only data connected via 3G, you can upgrade that to an LTE connection for $500 installed at the service center, which I actually think is a pretty reasonable price for that. So, you know, if if you take a really old Model S like my cousin Pat's car for $3,000, he can really bring his old Model S up to what is a, a pretty modern standard as far as, again, usability and all this. You know, he would start getting almost everything from the software updates outside of autopilot stuff, obviously. And on top of that, if you do elect to do this, uh, you your resale value, it's going to help your car's resale value if and when you do decide to sell as well. So, you know, if you're, if you are an MCU one owner and you've never been in an MCU two Tesla, I would, I highly recommend this upgrade. If, and again, if you're planning on keeping the car for a while, you know, if you're planning on flipping it in another year or two on it, maybe for a Model Y or a Cybertruck or something, then maybe this isn't worth spending the money to you. But if you're in it for the long haul, I think this is probably. I mean, I I would do it if I like if I were my cousin Pat, and I actually I still need to talk to him. I don't know if he's heard about this yet. <laughs> I need to chat with him and catch up. I I'm eager to talk to him about this and see if he's going to do it because if I were in his position, I would. Now the flip side, you know, if if you're an MCU one owner who has experienced MCU two, you obviously already know what the difference is between uh, the two the two center screen experiences. And I think it's no exaggeration to say that aside from the steering wheel and the pedals, the screen is the primary way that the driver interacts with the Tesla. And again, the usability difference between MCU one and MCU two in my experience, because again, I've been in, I've spent a lot of time in Pat's car and I've spent a lot of time now in my car. I think it's pretty night and day. It's it's a pretty substantial difference between the two. So as you can tell, I'm very bullish on this upgrade and I'm just, I'm incredibly glad that Tesla is offering it because it's not something that, again, I think many, if any other car companies would do, you know, just supporting the the fleet going that far back seven, eight years ago. That's, I think that's pretty impressive. So, uh, it's again, a lot of money. I get that. It's much easier for me to sit here and talk about it than it is (laughs) to, to, you know, to put up your money and actually do it. But I do believe it will serve you well as a long-term upgrade. If you plan on hanging to the car, hanging onto the car now for the schedule on this, Tesla is trying to, to manage that, that uh, rollout, the availability of the upgrades for the different groups of cars looks like this. If you have, uh, autopilot with full self-driving, they're scheduling it now. Uh, if you, uh, if you have 2.0 uh, autopilot with full self-driving capability, they'll get you later this month. For everybody else, meaning my cousin Pat would be in that group, early April. So you'll be, uh, you know, Pat could do this in one month's time if he so chooses. And the last, well, the last big story, I've got one other little story, but the last big story I wanted to do for you this week is this one, Model Y has built-in USB-C ports on the back of the center console, which is a change from the Model 3, which has regular just USB-A ports on the back there. Credit to Twitter user Mr. Lee Tesla, hello if you're listening, who posted some interior pics of a Model Y showing the two USB-C ports on the back of the center console. And from Mr. Lee's same pictures... We also learned that the Model Y has a second 12-volt power outlet in the rear cargo area over on the driver's side, just inside the, the lift gate. You know, if you open the lift gate and then it's just in there on your left uh, near the, the floor of the car, uh, so that is, that is definitely a change from the Model 3, and as such... I would expect a new build Model 3s to probably get the same revised center console with the USB C ports anytime now. It might even be going into production now, for all I know, um, because I imagine they'll just, when they do make that change, and again, I, I think it's, it's when, not if, as usual with Tesla, uh, those Model 3s will probably just start getting delivered with the USB-C ports on the back of the center console with zero announcement or fanfare. You know, it'll just be one of those changes that Tesla quietly introduces into the production line. But as we know, you know, I've said it a million times, and so is Tesla, the Model Y shares 75% of its parts with the Model 3, and I can't imagine the center console being one of the parts that's different. I mean, it just makes a ton of sense for it to be the same thing. And therefore, uh, Model Y owners have that to look forward to, a lot of modern devices using USB-C, like my daughter's Nintendo Switch, for instance, can operate that way, they can charge that way, and uh, and then if you're a Model 3, if you're going to be purchasing a Model 3 at some point this year, I think the odds are very, very good that this, this uh, USB-C change will uh, work its way over to the Model 3 sooner rather than later as well. Speaking of model Y, it's seeming it's looking now like there won't be a launch event after all. I talked about this gosh what a few weeks ago maybe. I just feel like it if with cars scheduled to be delivered starting in 1 week from now, a launch event probably would have had to have been announced by this time if it were going to happen. And you know, maybe I've you know, we're seeing a lot of event, at least in my world, in the video game world, Uh, but even beyond that, you know, you're seeing South by Southwest canceled, you're seeing a lot of various sort of large public events getting canceled due to public health concerns. So it's possible that Tesla simply decided against having an an event as they've been watching the situation, or it's also possible, I think it's, it's given... Elon Musk's uh, opinion on the the uh the COVID-19 situation which he posted on Twitter the other day meaning Friday as you guys hear this he he kind of he more or less dismissed it uh, or dismissed the uh, what he the, the term he used was panic he dismissed the the panic uh, over it to use his words and I don't want to get into that here it's this is a Tesla podcast about Tesla things but uh, he seemingly is not super worried about it, and thus, as it pertains to the idea of a Model Y launch event, I don't think the the uh, the virus was was necessarily a concern for Tesla with regard to whether or not to host a launch event. So, what I'm, what I'm I thought about this for a while this week, and you know, I don't think there's any denying now. The Tesla has really downplayed the launch of this vehicle, the Model Y. Because look at the Cybertruck in comparison. Elon has talked about the Cybertruck a lot on Twitter since its unveiling back in late November. You've also got so in addition to Elon chatter, you've got the Hot Wheels toy that I talked about last week. And if I hadn't mentioned this previously on the podcast, Uh, The Cybertruck was spotted outside the design studio fairly recently with Jay Leno. Thus, the the reasonable hypothesis there is that uh, it's going to be appearing on an upcoming episode of Jay Leno's Garage. If you remember back to 2018, Jay had the Roadster on there, too. So he is no stranger to featuring Tesla and, in fact, going to the design studio to, to profile a Tesla vehicle. So Tesla is, I mean, there's no doubt they are leaning into the attention that the Cybertruck's been getting. Whereas again, when you pull back to that 10,000 foot view, they have actively avoided any attention for the Model Y. And honestly, I don't necessarily blame them because they played into the hype of the Model 3 and they ended up getting burned when the production ramp ended up being so insanely difficult but even more than that though i think tesla is not playing this up because if they do it could cannibalize demand for the model 3 at a time when the model y production ramp would be in no way able to keep up with the demand if they if they did behave that way so i think tesla is going low key with the y on purpose not, they're trying not to generate any additional demand as of yet so that they can work out the production ramp on the Y without any of the added scrutiny that, that would come from them drawing attention to it, and they can also, in that scenario, continue selling as many Model 3s as possible. Now, I do believe that once Tesla achieves volume production on the Y, I think they'll celebrate it more and i think they won't mind at that stage if it does pull a bit of demand from the model 3 but they really in, in an almost literal sense maybe you know not in a strict literal sense but tesla really can't afford for model 3 demand to be to fall off right now especially if tesla themselves is <laughs> causing the demand to be uh, to to wane a little bit in favor of the model y Now, finally, one more Model Y note for you. I think it might not be a coincidence that the Model Y is out later this month, you know, maybe even, again, in a week's time. And Elon tweeted this during the past week, quote, we're tracking to release more full self-driving features later this month. So I think my guess is that Elon and the autopilot team seemingly want some new features to be there for those brand new model y owners who shelled out the $7,000 for the full self-driving package i will be very very curious to see what these features are i mean hardware 3 computer upgrades they've been happening pretty much en masse now for those eligible from a from a logistics perspective uh those are going out i had mine a lot of you have i've been hearing from a lot of folks and and they're also getting much quicker i mean my car was in for a week people are in and out of there in less than a day now so tesla's really sped up the process so the fleet is fairly ready as far as the the people that have paid for the full self-driving package are by and large upgraded to hardware three and ready to go for whenever tesla does deploy full self-driving features. And again, it, we uh, we come back to, well, what are the features gonna be? What are they gonna roll out next? And I don't know, but when I think about it, I would guess that stopping at stop signs on its own, and maybe even stopping at red lights on its own, would, I don't know if they'll be first, but I think those features would probably come before something like making a turn at an intersection in order to follow a route, I think that's going to be a much trickier thing. Every intersection is different, whereas just straight line, stopping at a red light or a stop sign would seemingly, to the to the idiot layperson like me, be an easier task for the car to manage and for the autopilot team to program for than than navigating an intersection in uh, you know on a, with with a turn. So we'll see. I, I look forward to it. It'll be fun to talk about on the podcast once, uh, once that rolls out and I can actually go out and experience it. Finally this week, just a couple of quick mini notes. The range update for the very, very recent Model S and Model Xs that Elon talked about back on the earnings call has rolled out, meaning the car will now reflect the higher amount of range, the greater amount of range than what you even bought with your car. So that's now, that's version 2020.4.11 in Model S and X. If you have not received it, be on the lookout for that. And when you do receive it, again, if you've got a very, very new SRX, uh, you know, take a look at the app. You don't have to actually give it a full charge. If you just go into your app, not the car, strangely, but the app, and then go into the battery, go into the charging menu, and slide the state of charge, uh, you know, little icon there, a little line, all the way to the right, it'll give you an estimate on what your full max 100% range will be. So that number is going to go up for those of you with very new S's and X's. And finally, in the other new version, the 2020.4.1 on the Model 3s, the, uh, comes with another new feature, and that is the don't switch to Bluetooth audio until a butt is in the driver's seat feature, which uh, what's the reason this is interesting and unique. We've seen this a million times before, and I love that Tesla continues to take customer feedback this way. This was a user requested feature. This was made, this uh, was a, a tweet by Rob Hone. If I'm Rob, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If you're out there, H-O-E-H-N Back in January, Rob tweeted that to Elon, and Elon replied saying, yeah, we totally should have done that already. Great idea. And here it is in 2020.4.1. According to the release notes, basically this is the explanation, to improve the audio transition from phone to car when entering your vehicle, Bluetooth now connects to your paired phone only after you are sitting in the driver's seat and all doors are closed, end quote. Well, my particular use case with this, maybe this applies to, to some of you as well, but it's useful for me because when I wash my car, I like to wear headphones, Bluetooth, I have a set of Bluetooth headphones, and I like to listen to music while I'm doing that. But inevitably, when I get to the part where I'm opening the doors to dry out the door jams, it annoyingly switches to to the Bluetooth that picks up the Bluetooth and starts playing my music through the car speakers, which I don't like. So now that won't happen. Yay. Thank you, Rob, for suggesting that feature. All right. That will do it for this week's Tesla news, but stick with me plenty more to come on this week's episode of ride the lightning, starting with your phone calls in the ride the lightning hotline, your questions, your comments, your discussion topics coming up right after this. Hey, real quick, remember to get on over to abstractocean.com. They've got all kinds of Tesla accessories from the tempered glass screen protectors, the center console wraps to change the look and feel of that glossy, easily fingerprinted and scratched center console, uh, to the TESLA lettering uh, that you can add to the back of your Model 3, etc., etc. All kinds of great stuff at abstractocean.com use the coupon code rtlpodcast at checkout in order to get 15% off of your first order they've, they've always got some new products in there so keep an eye on that site from time to time even if you have been there before all right for the ride the Lightning hotline this is where you guys get to call in and be part of the podcast i love this part of the show i love hearing from you so you can give me a call anytime and there are two easy ways for you to do that Uh, whichever way you choose please try to keep your call to 90 seconds or less that's a minute and a half so that i can get to as many calls on each episode as possible but the two ways to call in either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and record your 90 second or less question comment or discussion topic and email it to me teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can just call in and leave a message anytime day or night on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do with them, or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com learn more. And also, it's a new month, we're into March here, so the uh, latest monthly Patreon exclusive bonus episode of the podcast is up for select Patreon backers, so if you'd uh, like to check that out, you can find out more on my Patreon page, I'll plug that at the end of the show. But the callers that were featured on there, I want, if I I, uh, read your name right now, Feel free to email me if you're not uh, with me on Patreon because I'll get you a download token. You took the time to call in. You were nice enough. I want you to be able to hear your answer. So I'll get you hooked up with a download token so that you can hear it. The callers on this month's Patreon exclusive bonus episode are Gil from San Diego, Nadav from Los Angeles, Mike from Grand Rapids, Alex from Winter Garden, Brian from Adelaide, Steve from New Hampshire, Mark from Vancouver, Richard from Perth. Joe from New York, Craig from South Florida, Gary from Chicago, D from Boston, Al from South Florida, Guy from Washington, Mark from New York, Brian from Minneapolis, Jason from Newport Beach, and Bryson from Tallahassee. And with that, let's kick, kick it off for this week's hotline with Victor from New York. Victor, you're on the air.
2: Uh, Ryan, uh, good morning. This is Victor. I'm from New Jersey, um recent listener, first time caller. Uh two things. Well first of all I love your shop. Uh I order um Model Y and I also order a cyber truck. So I'm very excited about that. And um I'm calling in regarding um your uh podcast in which you were saying that uh Tesla is gonna charge a customer for for instance, upgrading for heating the back seats uh three hundred dollars i think uh and that's fine and fair, but i don't see i'm not i don't agree with them removing it once you sell the car because uh if x person is selling a car, then you're buying that car, and that person is not gonna take those heated seats with them, you know, so they that should be. That you remain in the car for the new owner to enjoy. Uh, Anyway, that's my thought. Take care, and I love you, Sean. Take care.
0: Not sure why I said Victor from New York when Victor himself and my notes clearly say Victor from New Jersey. It's late, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, Victor, thank you very much for calling in. And I'm glad you brought this up because I didn't explain my point as well as I should have. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do so now. First, it is pure speculation on my part. We don't know if Tesla will actually do that. Maybe we'll find out soon when someone trades a three for a Y because that absolutely will happen. But second... The thing I really should have said is this. I think that if it does happen, it would only be on cars traded back in to Tesla themselves. I don't believe that Tesla would do this or that they really even could do this on a private sale. So I think you'd get the value of it on a trade into Tesla, even if they would just lock it again, but it would remain active if you sold it to a private party. We'll see. I hope I'm right. I think it would be pretty not cool if Tesla tried to relock it even on a private sale, but thankfully Tesla's history with these kinds of things suggests that they will do the right thing and they, they wouldn't try to lock it again. Thanks for calling in again, Victor. Cecil from Newport, Arkansas wants to talk Model Y, so let's keep the Y chatter going, shall we? Cecil.
3: Hey, Ryan, this is Cecil from Newport, Arkansas. I love the podcast, um, I got two questions for you. One question is regarding the Model Y. It's still gonna be a little while before I can afford a Tesla, but my wife is starting to look more towards the Model Y because it has the seven seat configuration whereas the Model 3 doesn't. Um, so my question is, will those back seats have a little bit of room or are they gonna be really cramped like I've heard the Model X's? I was just asking what you know maybe or more people from the community, And the second question is if you go to the tesla's design studio to configure your model y you can't even enter the seven seat configuration anymore and it's been that way for the past few weeks Um, i don't know if it's just because there's so many orders or they're trying to wait until it's closer to 2021 but um i've tried reaching out on twitter to me the people i follow and try to get a hold of elon i know he's busy but i was just seeing if maybe you have an idea or someone else but Thank you. I love the podcast and I can't wait till next week's episode.
0: Thanks. Cecil, thank you for your call. I've got to be honest with you and say what I said after the Model Y reveal event one year ago. While I didn't get to ride in the third row because Tesla wasn't letting anybody sit back there during the test rides, I did sit in the second row and I turned around and looked. And in my opinion, if you find the Model X third row to be cramped, you are probably not going to be thrilled with the Model Y's third row. And it's not just the legroom. The all-glass roof that is sloping down towards the back of the car above your head is just not going to allow adults to sit back there comfortably. Again, in my opinion, and that's from being in the second row, I haven't actually been in the third row. So in all fairness there, but... uh I, I think it's just going to be for kids only. That's that's how I see this. In fact, I would think of the Model Y third row in the same way that everyone thinks of the Model S's old rear-facing jump seats, except these are obviously facing forward. Like, those rear-facing jump seats are specifically advertised where they were as, you know, kids only. These are not for adults. This is just a kid-only thing. I almost, I, I know they... Tesla can't, it would look bad, but um, but yeah, I just I think these are kid only seats for the third row of the Model Y. As for the design studio, so I just went and checked, and the seven seat Model Y option is there, but you just can't order it, and it says seven seat interior available in 2021. Now, to be fair, Tesla has said that from the very beginning. And as for why you can't actually order order it anymore now i believe it's probably because they want to get as many people to click order on what they can produce right now so i think they put that seven seat option there grade it out and maybe some people will decide eh, i don't really need the seven seater let's just order the car now so we can get it sooner so that's my take on it take it for what you will uh, and thank you for your call Amy from Yorktown, responding to Marco from Louisville about driver profile sharing in the car and going back and forth. Well, not profile sharing, but alternating driver profiles with his wife, and there's a substantial height difference between the two. Amy, take it away.
4: Hi, Ryan. It's Amy calling from Yorktown, Virginia, calling in response to Marco from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, He was having issues getting into his Tesla when it had been left on his wife's driver profile setting. Um, This problem is easily fixed using the Easy Entry feature. It basically creates a separate driver profile. So what you do is you get in your car, move your seat as far back as you'd like, and the steering wheel as high up as you'd like so that everyone has lots of room to get in and out of the driver's seat. This will be your Easy Entry setting. And then you go into each separate driver profile and click on Use Easy Entry. So then once you get in your parked car and you tap the brake... Um, The seat's going to move forward and the steering wheel will move down to the saved positions of the active driver profile. And then once you park your vehicle, it automatically goes into easy entry position, seat moves all the way back, steering wheel moves up, and everybody can get in and out very easily. So the trick is to make sure that once you get in the vehicle, before you touch the brake the first time, that you've switched to the desired driver setting. Um, So it's a really easy feature. It's wonderful. We use it all the time. Love your podcast, Ryan. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Bye.
0: Amy, thank you for your call. And you are totally right. I should have said that in the first place. Easy entry really does take care of this situation. And your explanation of choosing the desired profile from the easy entry position is a perfect one. It's much appreciated. Thank you again. And uh, just sort of as an alternate take, sort of a, an alternate option, I guess, that might be helpful. Here's uh, one more follow up on that from Ryan in Denver.
5: Hey, Ryan. This is Ryan from Denver. I am responding to the gentleman who had the issue with his wife, um, his wife's profile having the seat screwed up too far for him to get in. Now, um, my wife and I have a 13 inch height difference between us, so we definitely suffer from this problem. And Tesla actually solved it for us they recently added a feature to the car that allows you to associate a driver profile with a specific key so what you do is you go into your settings tap on locks and then there should be a little profile icon next to your phone key that you can tap and associate to your profile and when you do that um when you open the door uh, having unlocked it with your phone key then The car will automatically select your profile and make it easy for you to get in. Wait, thanks for everything you do. Bye.
0: Thanks, Ryan. And also a thanks to An from Laurel, who also called in with that exact thing as well. Let's go now to John from Lenore, North Carolina. Go ahead, John.
6: Hello, Ryan. My name is John. I am a truck driver from Lenore, North Carolina. I don't consider myself religious, but I do listen to your podcast every Sunday. My question is on the Tesla semi-truck. How many do you think they'll be able to produce once they start producing them? And also, do they plan on having a charging network so that individuals like myself can own and operate them? Love the podcast and hope you have a good day.
0: Hi, John, and happy Sunday to you since I know that's what day you're listening to this. Let me give you good news on your second question. Yes, Tesla is planning a mega charger network, basically a supercharger network just for the semi-trucks, since they have massive, massive battery packs and will thus require uh, massive amounts of power to quickly recharge those. So I would expect those chargers to be a couple hundred miles apart on major interstates, not unlike the traditional superchargers. It's going to be really interesting to see them, I mean, what will the plug look like, how big will the cabinets be, etc., etc. As to the annual production of the semi truck, it's funny you bring that up because I was just thinking about that the other day while I was walking Daisy, and the conclusion that I came to is that I honestly don't know because I just have no idea what demand is for the semi truck. I don't know that industry at all. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you. And though we do know some of the reservation holders for the semi who've publicly announced their orders, to, for me, a layperson, it's tough to know what it might look like once the semis are out in the wild and word gets around. You know, could it be a thousand semis per year? Uh, I mean that that'd be eighty per week, eleven a day. I could see that, but maybe it's five thousand a year. I don't know. I mean, you're in the trucking industry, so. I would defer to you and ask you what you think it's going to be based on the fleet sizes of the companies that you work for or deal with, how often trucks get replaced, and maybe use that to try and gauge uh, how many Tesla semis a company might be willing to buy each year. I mean, do you think, am I way off with a a 1,000 to 5,000 estimate? Let me know what you think. I'd be curious to hear from you, John, since you are in that industry. Glenn from Virginia is next talking about his uh, Hardware 3 upgrade. Go ahead, Glenn.
7: Hey, Ryan, this is Glenn from Virginia. Recently got the Hardware 3 upgrade. I'm loving the traffic cones and the trash cans showing up. But one thing that worries me is the software, for some reason, when it rained today, it, it died three times on me. I was going along like normal wasn't even heavy rain and it kept giving me the red lights and saying take over immediately and so i'm not really sure why i mean the cameras are the same it has to be the software that has changed it seems to have went backwards in regards to driving in the rain it's terrible it's not very consistent and i can't even rely on it anymore if it's going to act like this the camera blockage pops up a lot like and when I actually got it and was calibrating it for the first time after they installed it it was already raining so if it calibrated in the rain I would think it'd be doing even better in the rain but it seems to be doing the opposite let me know your thoughts or if anybody else experiencing this and uh, one other thing is uh, during the reset it reset everything like a lot of people are saying but it also reset all my progress on Beach Buggy 2 racing so while that may be disappointing, I'm actually enjoying having to go back and beat all those levels again. All right, bye. Glenn, thank you for your call, and I'm sorry to hear
0: about your troubles. This does not sound like normal behavior. I will say, I've had a couple of weird little things, though I admittedly don't have a ton of miles on my Hardware 3 computer yet, since I was away for a week right after I got my upgrade. But here's, here's what happened to me. I was stopped in traffic but on autopilot. And uh, a city train, a Muni train, San Francisco Muni train, went by me on my left. And the car, from a stop, I was stopped, yelled at me to take over immediately with those same red hands that you mentioned. And again, it was odd simply because (laughs) I wasn't even moving. And I did have the front and right side cameras each blink out on me for just a few moments in pretty normal daylight, but, but not with the sun in any kind of weird low angle or anything. So I agree that something does seem different with Hardware 3, but what you're describing definitely does not sound like normal behavior, at least to me. You might want to consider making a service appointment and logging it if it happens again. You can press and hold... The car icon in the lower left corner of the screen when it happens and it will snap a picture of your dashboard and upload that for to tesla so that service can access it finally uh i just want to add i'm glad you're having fun playing beach buggy racing 2 again for the first time it is a pretty good game i have to say it is pretty good alexandra from portugal is up next wants to talk about tesla in europe go ahead alexander
8: Hi Ryan, it's uh, Alexandre from Portugal. Just some quick information and questions about the Model 3 Standard Age Plus in Europe. I got mine in September 2019 and it does indeed have LED fog lights. I've sent you a photo. Also, if you bump hard with your hand on the floor of the back middle seat, uh, you get this sound. Does somebody else get the same? Another two really quick questions about uh, the Model 3. Uh, Why is the power steering on during games like chess or the track's music maker? And uh, why are the backup camera guidelines aligned with the middle of the tire and not the outside? By the way, why are they white? How does that work in the snow? Thanks, keep up the good work, bye!
0: Well, these are all very valid questions, but I want to come back to that sound in the floor of your car. That is new to me. I don't know, maybe that's one of those little things. Uh, I, I wouldn't quite call it an Easter egg, but one of those little things in the car that people have known about and I just haven't, but that is new to me because uh, and I went out and checked on my own car after I listened to your call and mine does it too. Although I'm not sure, either mine's not as loud as yours, or maybe you just had the microphone right up close to it, but it is there, it's there in my car, I was kinda surprised. I guess that must be a spot where there's no battery module or something, but interesting find there, and uh, and yeah, you know, it would be nice if the steering mode could automatically switch to comfort mode when you're playing video games. Thanks so much for your call. Darren from D.C. is up next, getting uh, excited for his Model Y. Go ahead, Darren.
8: Hey, Ryan, this is Darren from D.C. My wife and I recently got the invite email to schedule our availability for the month of March for our new all-wheel drive Model Y, and we are rapidly trying to fill out the necessary information needed to hopefully take delivery. We cannot wait. So I have a theory as to how
0: Tesla is able to ship the all-wheel drive and performance variants at the same time. I think they are in fact the exact same car. The all-wheel drive version is just software locked with an acceleration of 4.8 seconds instead of 3.5. Now, if this is in fact true, I could totally see them selling the performance boost upgrade later on down the line in the form of a macro transaction
8: to
9: boost their bottom line. How amazing would it be to upgrade my all-wheel drive Model
0: Y to a performance variant? There is no one in big automotive that can do this. I'd love to know your thoughts. Once again, we love the podcast and we can't wait to take our road trips listening to
9: Ride the Lightning.
0: Darren, thanks for your call and congratulations on your upcoming Model Y. So this has been theorized with the Model 3 since the Performance 3 came out. With that car, the part number on one of the motors, I believe, is different. So there seems to be a uh, some kind of hardware difference, however minimal. But it is entirely possible if that was even true in the first place, that that's changed with the Y, particularly since the performance Y isn't really pushing things quite as hard as the P3D is. Although, to be fair, zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds in a crossover SUV is uh, still nothing to sneeze at. The one sort of hole I think we can punch in your theory is that performance wise with the performance upgrade package are in the first batches of deliveries as well and those have different brakes a lower suspension aluminum pedals a spoiler etc but i don't want to lose sight of your thesis here it is definitely possible that tesla is just software restricting the motor output on the regular dual motor and unlocking that potential on the performance models it'll be interesting to learn more once the model y's get out into the wild Jay from Hickory, North Carolina is next. Go ahead, Jay.
6: Hey, Ryan. Jay from Hickory, North Carolina calling again. Uh, it's about the Cybertruck. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, first off, thank you again for taking my question last week. Um, but it's actually something you said. Got my brain uh, going, and I wanted to see what you thought. Um, you would mentioned, you know, with it being a prototype, it didn't even have the uh, turn stock uh, near the steering wheel. So I was thinking, what if we actually don't see one on there? Uh, I remember Elon was talking about the Cybertruck and referencing that, you know, it's going to be more exciting, like, technology-wise than we think. Uh, So what are the possibilities that we get, like, a haptic touch or pressure-sensitive steering wheel um, that you maybe, like, double-squeeze on each side to do a turn signal or double-squeeze both to engage autopilot? Um, I feel like maybe that would be like a good way to help with the, uh, compliance issue of people, you know, not holding onto the steering wheel during autopilot. Uh, so what better way to build that in? Uh, love to hear your thoughts and thank you again for the hard work. Take care.
0: That's an interesting thought, Jay. And it's funny that you mentioned compliance because that's exactly the first thing that came to mind for why that idea might not work. I'm not trying to shoot down your idea, but I wonder if, like the side view mirrors, it's even legal to have something other than an analog turn signal stalk in a car here in the United States. I couldn't find anything when I tried to Google it, so I wonder, I don't know, but I absolutely think Tesla would think outside the box like that, and maybe you've got a two birds, one stone solution to the government's desire to have Tesla do more to keep people with their uh, hands on the wheel while autopilot's engaged, while also getting rid of a of a stalk. So we'll see what happens on that. Two more calls this week. Andy from Seattle commenting on automatic emergency braking. Go ahead, Andy.
9: Hey, Ryan, it's Andy from Seattle. I just want to take uh, time to quickly talk about the emergency auto braking. I obviously do not want to try this in the car, but I have had a hard time explaining to my wife regarding the safety features and was just curious when not on autopilot I have read that the car will automatically brake however it is not a game you really want to play and I'm just curious how does the safety feature work if i'm driving and i know i get the auto um, braking alert of, of the car in front uh, which alerts you to brake but if you do not brake is it going to brake for you or is it only for a pedestrian or a cyclist i know autopilot is very good about you know, avoiding collisions. However, when not in autopilot, I know Tesla does have a big safety uh, part of its driving. So I just wanted to touch base and get some information so I could pass it on to my wife. Again, thanks for everything you do, and I appreciate listening to you. Thanks, bye.
0: I've experienced it once so far, Andy. I was merging onto the freeway and getting up to speed, I moved over into another lane, and then the guy in front of me in that lane started slowing down pretty fast. I started slowing down too, but not quickly enough for the car's liking, and it, tr- it actually triggered the automatic emergency braking system. I could feel it grab. So it is definitely using the sensors to calculate and decide when to activate it. Uh, if you've ever had the car beep at you, that you're coming up hot behind the car in front of you. That, I guess, is best thought of as phase one of it, the preliminary step, if you will. So I hope that helps you out. And our final call this week, last and certainly not least, Sean from Vegas, a Model S owner with a question. Go ahead, Sean.
10: Hi, Ryan. This is Sean from Vegas. Love the podcast. Love my Model S. Two quick questions. First, uh, navigation. I'm trying to figure out a way so that defaults to heading up as the... uh, Preference. I can't find it in the menus. Um, every time I navigate somewhere, I have to do go push through North up or um, different settings to finally get to Heading up, which is what I prefer. So many buttons to push. Anyway, uh, second quick question is um, for the voice um, recognition software. Is this specific to the profile driver profile? In other words, uh, is it learning my voice when I'm in the car, my wife's voice when she's logged in on her profile? She's having a tougher time with voice navigation than I am. Didn't know if there are two different uh, uh, settings for that or if it's 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 user-dependent. Uh, I know you need an internet connection because it sure doesn't work when we don't have the LTE. Uh, so anyway, those are my two questions. Thanks a lot for the pod. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, Sean. I thought that the nav would stay on whatever setting you leave it on, even if you exit the car and come back later. My Model 3 does heading up all the time, and... I doubt the S is different. I, I guess I don't remember if the 3 ever was another way, and I just set it as heading up, and, if, and I've never touched it since. I, I honestly can't remember now, but um, anyway, as for voice commands, they should just work fine regardless of the driver. I mean, is she having trouble when she's in the passenger seat or when she's driving? You know, you could suggest her that she aim her voice up a bit, since the microphone is located on the ceiling near the front row dome lights. So I hope that helps. And, and also, actually, on this exact topic, voice command uh, recognition and performance was specifically called out in the, the new version release notes as being uh, something that was improved with this latest update. So hopefully all of that together will help you guys out. All right, that'll do it for the phone calls this week in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Again, I welcome and encourage you to call in with your Tesla questions, comments, and discussion topics. I gave you the two easy ways to call in at the the top of the segment, so I look forward to hearing from you. All right, stick with me for now. I'll be right back with your Pro Tip of the Week and some other final thoughts right after this. Well, pretty quiet week for me. No news is good news, I guess. I will say, I did get a nice compliment on my car from the In-N-Out Burger employee that was taking orders in the drive through line when I stopped in there this week. And that made me feel good because really teslas are so common here in the bay area that i almost never get any comments on my car at all i can i did in the beginning but now as the (laughs) production has really really taken off and they're everywhere i really don't hear much anymore which is fine but you know hey it is of course it's nice to hear kind words about your car from time to time i'm only human it feels good our Pro Tip of the Week this week comes to us from Richard in Toronto. Go ahead, Richard.
11: Hi, Ryan. Uh, Richard up in Toronto. Uh, Longtime listener, occasional caller. i uh, like to add an addendum to Darcy's Pro Tip. Uh, Darcy mentioned applying the brakes in order to dry off your, uh, your brake discs. Uh, And he's absolutely right Um, up here, especially in Canada where we get uh, snow and slush and salt on the roads. You can get tremendous amount of corrosion on your wheel discs if you don't do that. Uh, A further thing though that I found to be really important if you're going to avoid uh, scarring the discs and you know, having problems down the road is to actually do, uh, again, on a road where there's no one behind you, apply the emergency brake, which is the same brake that's used for parking at least in the Model S there are two sets of brakes, there's the hydraulic braking system and there's a the second set which are electrically actuated. So drying off the disc only with the hydraulic brakes leaves the other pads still wet. And when you park, the electric brake with the wet pads and locks onto the rear disc and those can get locked on quite well and create some really serious corrosion. So to do the complete job of drying, apply the hydraulics, and again, when there's no traffic around, uh, do the emergency brake and let it uh, dry those pads off as well. Uh, Very much enjoy the podcast. Thanks very much, Ryan, bye-bye.
0: Thank you very much for that, Richard. Living in San Francisco, uh, this is something I have no knowledge on, so I appreciate this information. All right, let me just mention a few friends of the podcast before I get rolling. Immaculate Reflections, hey, if you are taking delivery of a Model Y soon and you want to keep it looking as good as factory or better than factory new for as long as possible, I know somebody who can help you out. His name is Jeff and he is... Immaculate Reflections. Visit his website, irdetailing.com. You can see some of his work. You can get in touch with him there. You can see more of his work on an independent basis, just people posting uh, on his, you know, on reviewing him on Yelp, yelp.com immaculate reflections. And he's got an Instagram, and his handle there is immaculate underscore reflections. So he can do paint correction for you, paint protection film, ceramic coating. Any of it, all of it, whatever kind of makes sense for you and and your budget and what you want to do with the car. But get in touch. He is booking up for the spring, so drop him a line. I guarantee you, he will do great work. I have, I've I've uh, yet to hear anyone leave his shop unhappy that I've ref- that I, that's that's heard about him from this show. Meanwhile, uh, puretesla.com/rtl. slash Your one-stop shop for uh just dash cam sentry mode needs get yourself a, a kit with the SD card the USB adapter so it's all designed good to go ready to go for the long term on that puretesla.com/rtl $49 for the 128 gig kit that's what i'm using $69 if you want to double that up to the 256 gigabyte kit comes fully formatted for tesla cam It's plug and play, you take it right out of the package, put it right in your car, works with Mac and PC, they'll ship anywhere worldwide, including free shipping anywhere in the US. So again, that's puretesla.com slash RTL. And if you are interested in the Jada wireless charging pad for Model 3, and uh, we'll... We'll have to check. I'm sure the Jada folks are going to be uh, trying to find out as quickly as possible whether or not their existing wireless charging pad fits the Model Y as well, now that we learned on this week's podcast that the center console is different, at least with regard to the USB ports on the back of it facing the second row. But uh, that will, we'll see about that. But if you've got a 3 as well as a smartphone that has Qi-capable wireless charging you can order yourself a wonderful wireless charging pad it's you know you buy it once and then you've got it for the life of the car i love it in mine Uh, they've also got a usb hub that adds usb c ports as well as a cool magnetic door hidden compartment for your pure tesla or other usb you know dash cam kit there so if either the usb hub or the wireless charging pad are of interest to you, I would kindly ask that you use my referral link to order these which is getjada.com/ref/8 and Jada is spelled J E D A. If you're listening to the podcast, I hope you've subscribed, which is free and what that means is that every time there's a new episode, your phone or however you've subscribed to the podcast is going to let you know so that you never forget or are and are always reminded hey there's a new episode of ride the lightning Uh, and you can subscribe on any of your favorite podcast services including apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher spotify i'm on youtube again just audio only search for ride the lightning tesla and my channel will pop up if you want to subscribe to that and then of course tune in which is in your tesla so if you want to find the show in your tesla i would recommend just doing a voice search for ryan mccaffrey podcast and it should pop right up i have tested that and it'll be good to go for you there finally my patreon again a lot of time a lot of energy a lot of love a lot of enthusiasm goes into this podcast every single week and i pride myself on that battling through illnesses (laughs) when i need to so I'm here for you, and I hope that at some point in time, whether it's now or whether it's some, somewhere down the road, that you will feel that I have earned your support via Patreon, which is a site, a very secure, safe site. Many, many artists of all various kinds, authors, musicians, podcasters, uh, etc., painters, etc., etc. A lot of creative folks use Patreon, and it's a great way to support the creators you love. So, uh, perhaps I will earn your support on there at some point. You can find all the information about, you know, there are various tiers. I mean, you can pledge any amount per month that you want, but there are different little perks at, at various tiers. So you can see all of that and sign up and and back me on there. If you desire on patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can follow me on Twitter Or Instagram, same handle, it's DMC underscore Ryan. The email I've given you once or twice this episode, but if you want to reach me via email, it's teslapodcast at gmail.com. And that will about wrap it up. Let me just thank, of course, the wonderful Patreon producers. These are the folks at uh, one of the higher tiers of the Patreon that get a number of perks on a regular basis, including a shout out at the end of each week's show. So uh, thank you, Ish. Thank you, Mark Eversoll, Michael Regal, the Lydia family, Lisa Kaz, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, Matt Kalen, Richard Folkers, Chase Cabanias, Jeff Anguin, Stig Mickey Jensen, Evie Tricity UK, Will Stedman, Scott Gillis, Dennis peak Sunil Joseph, David Perella, Neil Weaver, Kaz Barnes, Charlie Gillespie, Matthew Wright, John Cody, Chris Knessnick, Ron Lee, Rob Brewer, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Michael Waddle, Dorian Steve Guberman, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Bill Royko, Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, David Nondahl, uh, Eric Randolph, Luke A., Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Rome Strack, Peter Chalet, Lawton from Chicago, Lars Hoffman, Tim Hyde, Joe Edgel, Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassioppo, Wolfgang Obergen, and Pete White. I want to thank all of you for your continued support of my efforts here with Ride the Lightning. It means a lot. It adds up. Every, every little bit from everybody adds up and it uh, contributes to make a a big difference in the lives of, of me and especially just my, my family. It's not just me. It's a, it's a team effort here with my wife and daughter and, and even Daisy. So, uh, seriously, I, I just appreciate everybody's support and that will about wrap it up. I, I feel really good this week. I feel like my voice is finally back to full power. Like, you know, I'm, I'm recovered from the flu. No problem. And I was last week, but you know, it takes time to kind of fully get all the way back and I felt like my voice hasn't quite been there until this week. This feels really good. I feel voice feels strong. Hopefully it comes through. Although better yet, hopefully it it never sounded bad before this week. But I, to me, it did. I could tell. But in any case, I want to thank all of you for listening. Thanks for giving me an hour plus of your time. Your very valuable time each and every week. Again, if you're taking delivery of a Model Y in the Bay Area and would like to, to uh, possibly show me the car, and if you want, be on the podcast with a little, you know, little interview about your Model Y experience. Maybe you want to just show me the car, but you don't want to be on the podcast. That's fine too, but email me about that if that's uh, something you might be up for. But otherwise, I say to all of you, happy electric motoring, and I will see you next week.